Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 to the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. to They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I'm your host, The Rit. And today, well, it is Sunday night. We are getting ready to head into the next series with those Pittsburgh Pirates. And I got a guy that knows the Pirates like the back of his hand. Cody, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Um, very excited for this uh, series coming up on tomorrow. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing my uh, seeing my Pirates uh, go to Fenway. Yeah, uh, man, I was there last year at Pittsburgh uh, for the second game of the Red Sox Pirates series. Uh, man, it was a tough one. Sad thing was, I'm sitting in the hotel, my girlfriend's kid. I'm like, dude, let's go, let's go, let's go to the game. It was a series opener. I'm like, I can, I'm on game time. I can get tickets for seven bucks. She's like, no, it's too far to walk. Well, needless to say, the game we go to, we got beat bad. <laughs> and I was like, man, these pirates, they're not like the pirates of old. They, are young upcoming talent just like those Baltimore Orioles do. And mm-hmm. uh man, we got some great pitching matchups. Uh going tomorrow, we have Cutter Crawford. You guys got Oviedo? Mm-hmm. That, you know, Johan Oviedo. Tuesday, you guys bring Contreras in. We've got Pavetta. And then full around, we got our you know, day one starters, you're bringing Keller back in, mm-hmm. and we got Corey Kluber. Yeah, just uh, it's just going to be a great pitching matchup for both teams. Uh, these, in my opinion, these three pitchers uh, that we have coming against the Red Sox are probably, in my opinion, the best three pitchers we have in the rotation at the moment. Um, Johan Oviedo, um, he was a guy that we traded, uh, we traded for last last trade deadline. Uh, we when we got rid of uh, Jose Quintana to the to the St. Louis Cardinals, um, he he was part of the trade as well as Malcolm Nunez. He's a first base uh, prospect. He's our number twelve prospect. But we also, like I said, got Johan Oviedo. Um, you know the, the Cardinals were using him as a uh, uh, reliever, but we wanted to turn him into a starting pitcher. Uh, 
it, he was kind of battling for a rotation spot, uh, even though I believe he uh, earned it over last or uh, last year. Uh, but with uh, the um, with JT Brubaker, one of our top uh, rotational pieces, um, he with him going on the 60 day DL or IL, excuse me, um, that gave uh, Oviedo a, a chance to get into the rotation. And now here he is. But like I said, he's one of my favorite uh, pitchers that we have. So I'm excited to see what he does uh, tomorrow. Man, if you think about these, you know, the pitching matchup, like you're saying with, with the Pirates, Cutter Crawford's the same way as Oviedo. You know, Paxton went, went on the 60-day IL, mm -hmm. and Crawford got, got the spot in. You know, he sh Crawford showed exceptional uh, upside to him last year. You know, playing those key matchups against the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and Tampa. And, you know, Oviedo was the same way last year. He showed a lot of upside, you know, once he came over in the trade deadline. So these these matchups just the pitching side of it are very very similar uh game two we got Contreras and Pavetta w what can you tell us about Contreras yeah Rowanzi Contreras is um another guy we got from a, a trade uh with the Yankees that's uh he was one of the uh top uh prospect pieces that we got with when we traded uh Jamison Tyon to the Yankees um, he is a guy that probably throws, um, uh, you know, upper 90 fastball. He's got some great break to his slider. Uh, you know, he's a guy that in my opinion is going to be the ACE of this rotation by the year end year's end. I think he's, he has better upside, higher upside, excuse me, over, uh, Mitch Keller. Um, uh, he, he pitched, um, in the WBC with for the Dominican Republic, uh, I believe he pitched three or four innings, didn't give up a run. Um, yes, he was going against Israel, but he absolutely dominated them. And uh, he's a guy that you're going to see some filthy stuff. Now, he does occasionally – his issue is sometimes he does hang some, some sliders, and that's his issue. Uh, but his, his stuff is there, and if he's on – You'll you'll see it. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited for him. Uh, he hasn't. And here's the thing: um, he's actually the number two guy uh, in the rotation. But they they saved him to go against the Red Sox, um, and that's tell that's telling because one they didn't want to use him against the the Reds, even though it ended up backfiring us because now we're one and two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, they wanted to use uh, save him to uh, for the Red Sox, and that's just telling for one that they know that uh, the Red Sox are obviously going to be more difficult, and two, they want to use their best uh, pitchers against you guys. So it should be interesting. I, I'm I'm definitely excited to uh, to see these guys show out at Fenway. Like I said, Oviedo uh, and Contreras back to back. It's going to be exciting, um, you know, to see what they do. Yeah, uh, Contreras like Pavetta. Pavetta, I, I always looked like he was kind of like the innings eater, you know, for the for them for the past two seasons. He, uh, I want to say he's like Rick Purcella, where he, he, you're guaranteed now this year with the Red Sox starting rotation. So far, you can't guarantee five six innings because Kluber and Sale both exit at three. Uh, Halk made it five innings today, so. 
you know, that was some promise. But Pavetta, past couple of seasons, he's usually going to get five good innings or five bad innings. Usually about the sixth inning, you know, is ready to pull him. So uh, a little bit about Contreras and the Pirates. You would think that they would have pitched him against the Reds since they're in the division instead of saving him for, you know, for Fenway Park. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I was very, um, very curious why they went with uh, Mitch Keller, then um, Rich Hill, and then they went with uh, Vince Velasquez today, which obviously backfired. Um, they, they, you know, the I mean, Vince Velasquez only gave up three runs this this game, but um, I mean, against the Reds, if you look at their offensive lineup, it 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 might be worse than the Pirates. So. Um, you know, I was curious why they they um, you know they they saved uh, they saved Rio Anzi Contreras for this this series, but they must think that this series is um, going to be more difficult. That's the only that's the only uh, um, explanation that I can think of. Uh, if you look at Contreras' stats last year, he did pitch 21 games. It was his rookie season. Um, they did. Uh, manipulate his service time a bit. So he got called up and uh, brought back down a few times, but he pitched in 21 games. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a sub four ERA at 3.79. He pitched 95 innings, uh, 86 strikeouts with a 1.27 whip. Uh, like I said, I expect um, him to perform well this year. Uh, I could definitely see him below a, a 3.5 uh, ERA this season, just because of his stuff. Like I said, um, but this, um, this Red Sox lineup is definitely going to be challenging for him. So it's a good challenge to start the season and, and it will give us an idea where, you know, where his head is and where he is physically um, and mentally to um, start the season. Yeah. You mentioned he, uh, he pitched uh, against Israel three or three or four shout out innings. Uh, a lot of people want to say, Oh, it, it was only Israel or it was only great Britain, but they have to look and realize these are the country's top baseball players on each team, you know. So it's not like they're going up against uh, a little league team, you know what I mean? Th these are top players who represent their country. Some are MLB players, you know, mm -hmm. over there. So three or four shutout innings, you know, a pitching is pretty good for, and dominant in the yeah. WBC. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, you had you had the likes of Jock Peterson on that team. He he struck Jock Peterson out. You know, he he actually made him look silly. So, you know, there's it's and you got to think, regardless of who you're pitching against, the the um, the uh, you know the 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 pressure that the WC WBC puts uh, you know puts on you as as a player because you're representing your country. You know, in the Dominican Republic, you know, they're very, very big on baseball. So there's a lot of pressure, um, you know, that he had to go and, and endure during that, um, you know, during that time he was there. So, it, like I said, it was very encouraging to see. I think, you know, I don't I can't tell you what he'll do against the Red Sox, but I can definitely tell you that um, that you'll see some filthy stuff. Now, I don't know what the end result will be, but um I feel like you'll, he'll come out of there with um, with the Red Sox respect. Yeah. And then game three on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. You know, mm -hmm. I love I love those one o'clock games, the one thirty games, you know, during the week. One, because the tickets are a lot cheaper, you know, and two, it it just it's it's a, a lot more fun 
you know, day games compared to night games. I don't know. I've, I'm always a big fan of day games myself. You know, we have Keller mm-hmm. getting a second outing of the year against Corey Kluber, who's getting his second outing of the year. Kluber, Kluber got really rocked. His his first outing, opening day. I, I don't know. He's he, he was out on opening day more times than any other Red Sox pitcher. You know, he was I think three or four opening day starts for Cleveland. So he he had the pressure before. I, his this his location he couldn't find it against the Orioles lineup, and it really really hurt the Red Sox. Uh, what about Keller in his opening days game? Yeah, um, Keller, it was kind of a mixed mixed feelings. I um, I had a Twitter space um, with all the fans after the game, and I, I kind of wanted to get their feedback on how it was. And they were kind of very uh, the the fans were very um, in agreement with with how I felt. And it was kind of it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great because he pitched four and a two thirds inning innings, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, and he had eight strikeouts. The issue was, you know, he gave up four runs. Um, and, you know, there were some tight spots that he got out of, like the very first inning. Um, he had the bases loaded. It was it was 0-0 to bases loaded to start the game, but he pulled out a double play. They get, you know, obviously um, they got, scored a run, but then, you know, he got out of it. Um, you know, he, he only got – he only ended up getting um, – you know, one run out of that, but then that last inning in the fifth inning, he uh, gave up a two-run triple, and that's what took him out of the game. But oh, besides that triple, it would have been a pretty, a pretty nice game because there was two outs during that um, that at bat. So if he would have got out of that, he would have pitched five innings, two earned runs with eight strikeouts. But instead, you know, that last uh, last uh, batter kind of you know spoiled the uh, the outing for him. But eight strikeouts, man, he's a guy that this year we're expecting a lot more strikeouts than previous years because he has added a cutter as well. So not only can he throw 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, uh, he's got a nasty slider, curveball, but now he's added a cutter to his game, which um, it goes, you know, it's uh, it's about a 93-mile-an-hour to 94-mile-an-hour cutter, which is, you know, that's impressive. Um, so by him adding that uh, during the offseason, it's really helped him out. Uh, so, well, with the strikeouts. So, you know, you can expect him to, you know, look to strike out a lot of a lot of batters. Like I said, we did go against the Reds. Their lineup isn't very good, but he did strike out eight, eight batters in, you know, in four to two thirds. So that's that's what you can expect for him, expecting him. He is a is, is a typically a ground ball. He's well, at least in his past, he's been a ground ball pitcher. But this year, we're expecting a lot more strikeouts, like I said. So that's the type of pitcher you might be able to see um, in that third game. Yeah, uh, facing 14 batters, uh, eight strikeouts, that's, that's impressive. You know, yeah, it's against a Reds a Reds team where their lineup, uh, they're, they're in rebuild mode. They're selling off their, their key pieces one at a time. Uh because they want to rebuild uh, because, man, this Cardinals got that division locked down, it seems. The Cubs are, are starting to to make a play for that. Uh, but the Pirates, the Pirates have a chance this year to be that sneaky team that could get a wild card spot just like they did in the, what was it, 2020 season? 
Uh, no, 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 no. We haven't been, <laughs> we haven't been in the wild card since 2015. But um, but we've had uh, you know, we've had some uh, over 500 season. I believe it was in 2018. So that was our last season that we were over 500. Uh, we've been kind of in a rebuild mode for the past three years. This year, it looks like we're trying at least to be a lot more competitive. Um, you know, we got, you know, we got, we added some veteran pieces and then we have some young guys coming up uh, that we can eventually talk to, about if you'd like. But um, yeah, I, 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 it's, this season's a lot more encouraging uh, for, for most Pirates fans. Yeah. Well, let, let's just go right into the lineup. We'll, we'll come back to the bullpen a little bit. Uh, you guys added Troy. You guys mm-hmm. added uh, Hedges. You guys added Motion, which every the Pirates fans were ecstatic when he came back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you guys got Santana, uh, and and Reynolds. Uh, am I right that Reynolds and the Pirates are working? They they got the money right. They got the length right, but now they're just working on the on the opt outs for Brian Reynolds. So hopefully that makes him a pirate for years to come. Yeah, uh, like you said, the veteran pieces that we added. I'm I'm a big fan of G Man Choi. I've always liked his defense. I've always liked his plate uh, awareness. Um, he put he last year at least in 2022 he had uh, according to Baseball Savant he had he was in the 90th percentile of. Um, hard hit balls. Uh, so his exit velos were, uh, you know, like I said, in the 90 percentile and he hits the ball hard when he gets, when he makes contact, as long as he's healthy. Uh, when we traded for him, he had an elbow issue, but he got that cleaned up. Uh, seems pretty he- He seemed pretty healthy during the spring. Um, his first game was actually, uh, well, his first start was actually today. He did go 0 for 4, but Ashcraft for the Reds is a very, very good pitcher. So, uh, I'm not looking too much into that right now, uh, but yeah, excited for him. I'm sure he'll get some starts against the Red Sox. Going with McCutcheon uh, so far this year, I um, mean he he's been an on-base machine, McCutcheon so far. Obviously, it's only been three games, uh, but he he's been on base. Uh, I think he's drawn maybe five or six walks so far. It, it's it's been incredible. I mean he he's had he has one uh, I believe one double. Uh, he's batting 250, uh, 250 on the year. Like I said, just three games, but with an OPS of nine twelve or nine thirteen, and that's just because of um, his plate awareness and his walks. So, at least as of right now, um, he's been very, uh, very helpful for this lineup. Uh, he's been batting third most most games, if not every game, I believe. But he's mostly been been playing DH. Um, today he played right field, but I believe uh, you'll see the Red Sox will most likely see him DH most of those games uh santana uh you know he he had a rough game today but the game previously uh you know he, he he's a lot better uh batter against left-handed pitching uh he is a switch hitter uh so uh you know he's kind of below average in my opinion in against right-handed pitchers so i'm not very really high on him but uh at least against right-handed pitchers but uh He's still a nice guy to have onto this lineup, a veteran presence that helps the younger guys, uh, the younger guys out. Or like I said, with McCutcheon um, and Santana and Choi, big additions in my opinion. Um, And then you know you got Brian Reynolds. We're still on that. We're still up uh, trying to figure out what's gonna what's gonna end up happening. Hopefully, you know, in the next couple days, we'll get a better idea if this deal is gonna get done or not. But as of right now. 
The money that he has agreed upon was, I believe, eight years for $106 million. Uh, the money and the years are uh, both sides are in agreement. But uh, like you said, the opt-out situation is um, is what's really holding this uh, this this deal getting done. Uh, Brian Reynolds, um, his his agency, his uh, once I believe an opt-out after the fourth year, so that would only give. Pirates one extra year of free agency um, with him. So instead of keeping him for three years, uh, you know, we, you'd only get one extra year with that deal if he wants to opt it out after that fourth year. So I, I can understand why the Pirates are hesitant to sign in that because, you know, you're only getting one deal, but, you know, putting a lot of money on in a guy that, you know, you're only going to get him for four years potentially. So I'd say the deal would get done if, if he does it after after five years. Uh, just to give him another, an extra two years, so you'd get him for at least five years. Um, that, that in my opinion, I think would get the deal done on both sides. But I, I think uh, right now, Brian Reynolds, his party is uh, hesitant to do that. We'll see. Um, but hopefully, in the next couple of days, we'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, the right, the rest of the lineup. You know, you got you got O'Neill Cruz, which could be a you know a guy that's the most exciting guy in my opinion in this lineup right now is O'Neill Cruz. He's unbelievable right now. Uh, he's an on-base machine. He uh, he's batting he's batting 400 on the year. Obviously, like I said, just three games. But Barry his his plate plate awareness at least these first three games have been very very good compared to last year. He's already got a one home run against Hunter Green. Uh, Hunter Green was throwing over 100 miles an hour almost the whole game, and uh, he turned on a 101 mile an hour fastball and sent it into the seats. 111 mile exit velo. The guy is an un, unreal uh, talent. He just got to, as long as he's, you know, reaches his potential, he should be a fun watch. Even for uh, Red Sox fans, uh, you guys should probably be excited to see this guy, at, um, you know, at the plate because he's just, he's just, a, he's just very, very fun to watch if you're a baseball fan. Oh, man. Uh, I, at the game I was at last year, O'Neill, I think he hit one blast and, you know, the Pirates fans were just ecstatic over this guy all around. He's fun to watch. He he's His defense is really good for as, about as young as he is. You know, playing Major League shortstop, that says something right there. Because shortstop, you have to be pretty much the most athletic player on the field, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, man, our lineup, I, I, our lineup is really hot right now, you know. Hey, I uh, you got to thank Ryan McKenna. Uh, for that one win, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, we're taking where we can get it, you know. Uh, but, no, uh, you know, we got Verdugo leading up, leading off. He'll probably lead off against you guys all three games because you have a right-handed pitcher. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he started the year opening day, opening day triple. I mm -hmm. called an opening day home run close enough for me. You know what I mean? Uh, then in the two spot, you got Devers. You know, his bat is really picking up right now. Three spot, we got Justin Turner. Mm -hmm. uh, then we got Massa in, at cleanup. Massa is, man, he's very patient at the plate. And his bat just came on, you know, today really well. Mm -hmm. Then then we got the series MVP, Adam Duvall, batting fifth. Man, hey, that's one through five uh, we're going to have issues with. Uh I actually wanted the Pirates to give Duvall a chance uh, when he was a free agent, just because he brings so much power to the to the lineup. 
And obviously he's shown that he's he's already done that for the Red Sox this this year. So, um, you know, with that walk off home run the other day, you know, so he's he's a guy that, you know, you can't just pitch to and think that you're going to get an out even at his age. The guy's uh, guy is a um, he's, he's a baseball player. You know, mm-hmm. that's he's a guy that will do what he needs to do uh, to help win the game. That's why I wanted him on the Pirates. Yeah. Uh, my biggest thing was before we signed him was he never really played center field before. Mm-hmm. And then playing center field at Fenway with that triangle, that's dangerous. You yeah. Know? Uh, but the ball said in spring training that, you know, him, Verdugo, and Masa were working with each other, you know, because being on a new team together, you got to learn voices, you know, for call-offs and stuff like that. So, man, he's he's d- done really well out there so far. Uh, his bat – is the real reason we, we brought him to, to Boston. Mm-hmm. And he's been showing that tenfold already. Hey, uh, listen, if you if you can handle J.D. Martinez's defense, I think you'll be fine with Adam Duvall's. <laughs> I I used to go, go down to uh, the Camden, and I was down there like three times. All my, I got a season ticket holder, first row, uh, left field. Every time I sit there and thought Ben Attendee was going to be out there, JD was out there, <laughs> and it was it was like watching a circus. It, yeah, it was, he's, uh, he's not the greatest defense defender, but listen, this is why I, I listen. Defense is very important, but it, you think about it, um, the Phillies made the World Series last year. They might have had one of the worst defensive outfields you can think of with Schwarber, Harper. And what Castellanos or something yeah. like that. it was. So, I mean, if they can make the world series, listen, I, I'll take a bat over defense any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, I'm really happy this year though. You know, uh, JD was on his downside. We signed Justin Turner, mm-hmm. uh, man, the motto this year, I've been throwing out for Justin Turner, just throw some dirt on it. That man, what happened to him two weeks later, he's back in, in the batter's box was on yeah i saw i saw a picture of him after he got hit in the face and it didn't it didn't even look like it didn't even look like him he he looked like he just got in a huge fight in the uh, in the ufc or something like that but and and he's back so you got you got to give it to him he's 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 a he's a guy that uh doesn't matter he's going to get back on the field and he's going to play yeah and and i love how you know now we finally have a a dh that we can switch out. Mm-hmm. You know, today he played because Casas is, you know, was, uh, I think it was over eight so far. So he went, you know, to play first, we switched up to DH. He can play third to give Devers a day off. It's, I love having that open DH spot where you can move pieces around and give mm-hmm. different people off with JD. It was kind of like, you know, DH or bust, you know, I, I know, I think they said JD had in his contract, he had to play so many outfield games and outfielders because he wanted to play, but that man should have stayed DH and just, you know, stayed away from that outfield because he was horrendous in defense. But, uh, man, Casas is another guy on our team, like Cruz on your team, that was that's a young guy. All eyes are on him this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was what your number one or two prospect last year. Uh, I think he was. I think he was number two. Okay, two. prospect. Okay. Yeah, 
And like he's he's starting off a little slow this year, you know, 0 for 8. Still has it. I think I think he just got his first hit today uh for a pinch hit. Uh spring training, he was doing really well. A lot of people were were more worried and talking about his off the field antics than his on the field skills. And uh, as long as he does what he does in the field, I don't care, you know, about the off the field stuff, his pregame routine or, or, or whatnot. Uh, as long as he puts the barrel to the ball and it uh, goes in, that's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, catcher, we got Reese McGuire and uh, Connor Wong. Yeah, the former pirate right there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, man, we have Christian Arroyo playing second. He, I don't know what's going on. Ever since you've seen it uh, opening day, he went and so uh took a cleat to the head you know when someone slid it, it was it was really awkward and i think it was rushman that slid in and his cleat hit you know arroyo in the head i don't know if he had some sort of like off from that because even even his even playing second he's been a little a step behind out there so yeah, maybe yeah I, i'm not entirely sure i didn't see the play but you know, this is off topic. Obviously, we're talking about the Pirates and Red Sox, but man, mm-hmm. can we talk about one second of how good Adley Rushman is? Oh, <laughs> man. Well, opening day, five for five. Man, I, uh, the Orioles got some, got some guys. They got some guys. Yeah, definitely. Man, they, they got, there's a reason why they have the number one farm system in baseball. And we just had on, uh, last episode, excuse me, uh, a good a good friend that does a podcast for uh, about the Orioles, Josh Lynn. Mm-hmm. Man, we were talking and he was just, he was, he's like, man, it, if someone goes down, next man up because that farm system they have is young and it's, and it's a lot of them are, are ready or almost ready to be able to get called up immediately. Yeah. Well, that, that that's similar to the Pirates. Uh, you know, I, put out a tweet not too long ago. I think it might've been a couple or no, it might've been today this morning, but I basically told, you know, the pirates fans, I said, listen, we just got to hover around 500 until some of our top prospects come up, because if we do anything can happen, you know, we got uh, this guy named Indy Rodriguez, one of the top catching prospects uh, in all of baseball. He's a switch hitting catcher. He uh, batted over or 323 last year with 25 home runs. Um, you know, already in triple or already, uh, you know, he's in triple A this year. His first at bat already in triple A was a home run. So we're excited for him. He's supposed to come up. Obviously, um, he had an amazing spring uh, training as well. He batted over 400 um, with, I believe he had maybe one or two home runs as well. So, I mean, we're really excited for that guy. Um, he'll probably be the future, 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 excuse me, future catcher um, for this team uh, because, I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, uh, the NL got rid of the, uh, you know, the pitcher uh, hitting. Mm-hmm. We have the DH now, but essentially, Austin Hedges, Austin Hedges, it, you might as well be a pitcher because he ain't getting a hit. Um, that's an almost an automatic out for us. The guy um, last year, I think he batted like 163. Um, we 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 signed him because of his defense. Now he, I, I have no issues with his defense. How he how he manages the game behind the plate, love it. 
Um, but as a hitter, no, he, <clears throat> you might as well just call that an automatic out, unfortunately. So really excited for Indy Rodriguez to eventually come up. We got this guy <clears throat> that I believe will make the rotation as well soon. His name is Luis Ortiz. Um, he also pitched for the WBC, but he pitches 100 miles an hour with a nasty slider. He, he only has three pitches, uh, but mostly only pitches two. Uh, like I said, the fastball slider, but he does have a changeup that he needs to work on. But we're waiting on him uh, to come up. I think he'll make the rotation here sometime, I would say maybe, uh, I'm hoping sometime in May they'll call him up. And then we also got a guy that will eventually, uh, in my opinion, take over second base and Nick Gonzalez. He was drafted six overall back in 2020, uh, hit his first home run this year or this year in AAA as well. He's doing really well. He already has a over a thousand OPS, um, obviously only a couple games, but he's, he's starting really out. He's starting re really well um, for our AAA affiliates. So like I said, uh, the Pirates right now, it does look a lot more promising. Uh, should be a good series for you guys. Uh, hopefully, we can pull out one or maybe even two games. We'll see. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I like. I, I really am excited that the uh, Major League Baseball decided to have every team play each other. Um, you know that them changing that in the schedule is really cool because. You know, the Pirates don't typically get to play the Red Sox every year, and now they get to. You know, now mm -hmm. we get to play the Yankees. Now we get to play the Angels. You know, those guys where we get to see uh, Mike Trout, uh, Shohei Otani, you know, Rafael Devers. Were, you know, it's great to see because as a baseball fan, yeah, you you want your team to win, but you also love – if you love the game of baseball, you want to see the, 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 the stars of the game. And, have, and, and, you know, playing the Red Sox, playing the Yankees, playing those teams that have those stars like Aaron Judge and those type of guys, it's it's really exciting for, um, you know, smaller market teams like ourselves. Um, you know, it's it's going to be cool. Man, and uh, last year when the Red Sox did come to town, that that place was packed. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. PNC Park is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, we might not have the best team in the <laughs> in the league, but we definitely have the best stadium. Maybe, uh, well, you know, Red Sox fans might disagree, but um, you know, at least in the NL, I believe we have the best best uh, baseball park for sure. Oh, hey, I sit there and because we walked over to the ballpark, so you know, walking over the bridge, you know, looking over to the left and seeing you know the field. And then going, then you know, going into the park and everything, you know, beautiful park. Uh, mm -hmm. Fed, I remember Fenway. Fenway is it's a different type of beautiful. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot of historicness there. Nostalgic. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you walk through the tunnel and then you open up the Fenway Park, you know, it's just just amazing, breathtaking. But PNC Park is probably, in my opinion, second most second best ballpark I've been in. You know? Yeah, it's 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 more modern, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in, instead of like Fenway or Wrigley, where you have that nostalgic uh, feel to a base like that's a true baseball baseball parks, in my opinion. You know, those two, you know, that represents baseball. But when you talk about like the modern type of baseball park, man, PNC is is second to none because it's just a beautiful atmosphere. Uh, there's a lot of things to do at the park, but there's also the 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 views, the view of the skyline of the of the city, 
is, oh. it's just astounding, especially you know when you go to a night game and it all the uh, all the uh, the uh, skyscrapers are lighted up and all that kind of stuff, and you see uh, you know the Clemente Bridge in the background. It's just it's incredible, and and especially when it was a night game and the fireworks were going off, and and unfortunately when I was there, the fireworks were going off a lot. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's just just I remember taking a picture of it and, you know, doing the panorama shot. Yeah. You know, and it just it looked amazing. Like, yeah, it, for for any Red Sox fans that, um, you know, are obviously listening to this podcast, if you have a bucket list of going to baseball parks, obviously, you probably have already went to Fenway. But the next park, I advise you to go to PNC Park. It's it's just incredible. Yeah, uh, the top three that I've been to so far is Fenway, PNC, and then Camden Yards. You yeah, know. Camden Yards is nice too. I can't, I can't disagree with that for sure. So, but uh, man, let's uh, let let's go bullpen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Sox, we we went and keyed in on our bullpen this year. You know, mm-hmm. Curtis Martin, Kenley Jansen, uh, Schreiber. We kind of we kind of built backwards, you know. Yeah. So we got Winkowski, kind of the, the long relief pitcher we have in there. We got Brazier and Ort, which a lot of Red Sox fans are still wondering why they're you know still on the team. Uh, I'm trying to think who else we that we have in the bullpen. Uh, Blyer. So mm-hmm. you know we got it. We got a nice nice bullpen. It has, as long as we don't blow through the bullpen really early in the season, I see us having a really solid bullpen. Uh, what about your bullpen on on the Pirates side? Yeah, before I get into that, let me ask you one question: Is Kenley Jansen is he healthy? Uh, last time I heard, he was he was not he was hurt or something. Am I uh, is that okay? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm guessing what you're talking about is is when he got pulled. Uh, it was just dehydration. They said. Okay. You know, he, he was dehydrated. Uh, he came in yesterday uh, and we got the win. He, he he didn't even know what was going on. He thought the game was over and we, had, we ended up winning, you know. So yeah. uh, they they wanted to give him t- today off. Uh, they had him warmed up when, when Caleb Ort was, of course, when Caleb Ort was in. Mm-hmm. Then, he, then they sat him down. Then they started ramping him up again a little bit uh, once there was a guy on second. But they really wanted him to get today off. But Kenley Jansen, he he's great. Uh, you know, he he sat there and he fired the ball in. He had oh, he, he had a nasty pitch that everybody was just like in shock of uh, to strike out the side. So Kenley Jansen, as far as I could see, 100%. He went from being the slowest pitcher, you know, with delivery to being really comfortable with the new pitch clock, which I was really surprised how how well and he was able to switch that up. Yeah, watching him uh, at least before pitch clock was so annoying to watch. <laughs> so so annoying to watch, especially when he was on the Braves. Uh, but because uh, you know, as a, you know, as a NL Central fan myself, uh, or excuse me, NL fan myself. I mean, I like baseball all, all around, but I pay attention to the NL a lot more. Uh, and seeing him on the Braves was just miserable because I am not a Braves fan whatsoever. 
Yeah. <laughs> but he was he was good. But um, yeah, our bullpen uh, is uh, straight trash. Um, I'll I'll be straight on. I'll, I'll be honest with you. That's that's one of the things that's going to really hurt us this year. Um, so if you get um, you know, if you get to our pit our starting pitcher early, if you get our starting pitcher out in the third fourth inning. Odds are you're probably going to win this this series um, and possibly sweep us if you can get our starting pitching out real early because we don't have I mean I don't besides our besides David Bednar um, which is a he's a great closer um, if if we don't get to that if we don't get to our closer we're basically we're in trouble um, you got guys like Dwayne Underwood Jr. Uh, very very poor uh, he had close to a five ERA last year and they kept him. Um, that just tells you, you know, that just tells you a lot about our bullpen. Um, we did pick up, we, we do have two lefties in the bullpen, just two. Uh, Rob's, uh, oh my goodness, we just picked him up. So uh, this spring training. So I will botch his last name, but I think it's Zaltrizny, Zaltrizny, I believe. He's actually been pitching pretty well. Um, he, uh, that's one of the lefties that to pay attention to. He's a guy that will probably go into situations. You, uh, let's just, I'll be honest with you, Rafael Devers. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, he'll definitely see him <laughs> this series, uh, in, in crucial, crucial situations. But, uh, we do have this one guy that's very interesting, uh, Dario Moretta. We traded for him again with the Reds uh, for Kevin Newman over uh, the offseason. Mm-hmm. He he pitched against the Reds in the very first game of the season, got out of a jam, struck out um, four or he, he I think he faced four batters and uh, walked one and struck out the last three. So he, he's an interesting guy. I, I haven't seen enough of him, but he is uh, a guy to at least keep an eye on if you're a Red Sox fan. If he comes in, he's got a lot of strikeout stuff. He got a lot of whip, uh, a lot of uh, swing and miss kind of uh, stuff to his game. But it, the issue that I see with him right now is possible possible control. Uh, but he's um, he's pretty fiery too, which I like. I like to see when he struck out the guy. He showed a lot of emotion that might uh, you know make some people mad. But I, I liked it. I liked it. So that's one guy to pay attention to. Uh, some other guys that you might you might see during this um, this series. Jose Hernandez. Uh, he's a guy that we picked up in the Rule Five draft. Um, he made the team. Uh, he's a left-handed, uh, basically, uh, he, he's, he's a hard-throwing left-hander. Uh, gets, can get up to 100 miles an hour on his fastball. Uh, has a nice slider to his game. The issue with him is there's a reason why he was a Rule 5, you know, Rule 5 pickup, right? He's, uh, he has some control issues. Um, and, yeah, that's basically, that's basically his issue is he's young and, and experienced. Um, the highest, the highest um, uh, minor league. I think he only saw up the double A last year, uh, so he went. He's basically going straight to double A to the majors. Uh, so, you know that the inexperience might might um, you know play a factor in uh, this series as well if he's put into crucial situations. Uh, but he's like I said, a hard throwing lefty that you'll probably see. Um, now there is two. Or there is two guys I've mentioned already. One, David Bednar, as our closer, um, lights out kind of guy. You'll, um, you'll, if you watched any of the WBC, he pitched a lot for the United States. Uh, played real or pitched very, very well. 
Um, that's a guy that I, if he's in the game, um, you know, if there's a three run game and or three or less run game and we're he's pitching in the ninth, I'm going to have a lot of confidence that we're going to win that game. But like I said earlier, how are we going to get to that situation? I don't know. Uh, because like I said, this, this bullpen is very iffy and, uh, you know, they, they, they have not been, well, they, they've been okay so far, but it's not, it's not promising with the names that we have. But like I said, besides David Bednar, there is one other guy. He's usually in the eighth, eighth inning position, um, that you will see most likely is Colin Holderman, uh, nasty, uh, sinker, uh, can get up the, hundred miles an hour on his sinker, uh, so he's got uh, he's got some pretty nice stuff uh, to his game. Uh, so that's one guy that you know. Well, those are two guys that I'm very confident with is um, Holderman and Bednar. But other than that, any guy that you see come in, Chase DeYoung, um, Will Crow, um, like I said, Hernandez, like I said, inexperienced with his inexperience. Um, you know, those guys if they come in. Just know that you're probably going to get a couple runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you mentioned earlier about you know uh, pitchers and, and players showing emotion. You, you uh, you're all for that, uh, man. Well, I don't know why or what the big deal is about players showing that extra emotion. It it brings it brings character to the game. It brings individualism to the game, and the fans, you know get into it more what well, well, you know when a pitcher sits there and gets out a bases loaded jam and strikes out you know exactly i don't want to see i don't want to see my pitcher say there's two outs and like you said the bases are loaded and my i don't want to see my pitcher strike out a guy and just look like he's dead going to the clubhouse I, or excuse me the dugout i want this guy fist pumping showing some emotion getting the guys uh excited because listen it's contagious. Baseball is contagious. Hitting mm -hmm. is contagious. Everything about baseball is all about momentum and, uh, you know, showing that emotion going to that next half inning that could lead to some more runs. So that's the type of, that's why I like to see that type of stuff. Uh, I love when, uh, uh, I think I was in the WBC. I can't remember who it was. They showed somebody struck, uh, struck out, a, uh, a pitcher struck somebody out and kind of like went off the mound. I think it was against Team USA, and he kind of like banged on his chest. And oh, then, Venezuela, I believe. Yeah, and 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 then so uh, the guy that was on next was just watching him shaking his head. And then the, the inning, top of the inning, he went yard and was go and and he hit a home run. And he was walking around looking at the pitcher banging his chest. Like mm -hmm. that's what I want to see, you know? It, it, exactly. It, it's like you said, it's contagious and it gets both sides fired up to score more runs and, and get and get a better feel for baseball. If you want baseball more eyes on it, why not let the players be the players? Well, listen, I mean, if you think about it, baseball, baseball needs this type of stuff, because if you think if you think about what the NFL did, they allow celebrations now. Right. Mm -hmm. You're not getting flagged for celebrations and, and the fans getting involved in the celebrations and and everybody loves it. So why not let you know, why not let pitchers celebrate? Why not let uh, batters, you know, flip the bat? Like, what's the big deal? In my opinion, I love that type of stuff. It gets me into the game. You know, it gets the fans into the game. It gets the players into the game. 
I love it. And, and, and the thing is, you know, I don't believe baseball is dying. Uh, there's a lot of people that think it is. If you think about it, the WBC is, is, uh, is proof that baseball is not dead at, at all because the viewership and it, it, it was the highest it ever was. So if you think about that, I think baseball is up on the, uh, is on the rise, especially with these new rule changes. I think it helps. Um, you know, you know, instead of watching a three and a half hour game, you're watching a two and a half hour game. And, you know, that's about the same amount of time as you watch an NFL game or a basketball game or whatnot. So mm-hmm. that helps. Um, you know, it doesn't drag out. It doesn't drag on. And if you add these celebrations and add, you know, some life to the game, it's only going to get better. Yeah. And, and you think, like you said, the game goes from three and a half to two and a half. Now you got, the attendance could go up also because now. The games that you couldn't make because oh, a three-hour, you know, three and a half hour game, I can't, I can't go to that. But if it's two, two and a half hour, two hour and forty-five minute, more people might be able to attend those because it's less time they get, they got to worry about. You know, yeah. If you think about it, yeah, that that's a great point because a lot of games, uh, you know, throughout the season are at seven o'clock, right? At mm-hmm. least Eastern time. You know, Boston and Pittsburgh games are Eastern time, seven o'clock, seven thirty. You know, if a game ends at nine thirty. People that got to go to work the next day, that's okay. But if you're going to a game and it's going to end at like 11, you know, some of those guys, some of the some of the fans are hesitant to go to those games because, you know, it's going to be so late when they get home. So I think it, that that's another point, uh, great point by you that you know, it, the the time that uh, that the games start and end um, will play effect uh, play an effect. Uh, you know, if fans going to the games or not too. Yeah, especially like weekdays. Yeah, like when I when I go up the fight, I usually stay in Woburn, so I take the train in. You know, the tra- the train closes down at I think ten, mm-hmm. so I gotta I gotta leave the game and make sure I'm back at the train station at ten, unless I drive myself in. Mm-hmm. So you know, if the games are, are ending sooner, that's a little more comfort for me. Oh, I don't I don't have to pay the forty fifty dollars parking to drive there. I'll be out in plenty of time to make it to the train station to head back. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think, you know, I have a lot of issues with Rob Manfred, but uh, the rule changes, I'm, I'm actually in agreement with, with what they're doing. But, mm-hmm. you know, some people aren't, some people are. Uh, I'm one of those guys that are, I'm all for it. But I am one of those guys that love the celebrating um, and I'm all for the bat flipping and all that kind of stuff. Even if it's, a, even if it's a, uh, the team that's going against my team, Hey, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Red Sox Pirates. Three game series coming up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Cody, give me your one person that you don't want to face on the Red Sox and one guy you want to face on the Red Sox for your Pittsburgh Pirates. All right, listen, the first guy that I do not want to see at in the batter's box is Rafael Devers. That guy is a menace. I feel like he's going to be the guy, the the determining factor on if we win some games or or not. Um, and I'm talking about the Pirates, of course. He's a guy, he's a guy that's a, a game changer, in my opinion. And if if he if he gets hot this series, we're in trouble. So that's one guy I do not want to face. Um, you know, the guy that I do want to face is uh, that's a good question. I haven't even thought about that, but. Uh, 
I, to be honest with you, I'll, I'll, I'll do a, a group of guys, and that's that's your bullpen. And I'm not saying that you have a bad bullpen, but that means if we are going against your bullpen, that means we're probably doing something good offensively, right? So exactly. I would love to see your guys' bullpen early. Um, that means that we're doing something right offensively. And if we can do that, then the Pirates have at least somewhat of a chance uh, at Fenway this week. <clears throat> On the opposite end, I'm going to – it was close for me. It was between Cruz and McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say I don't want to face McCutcheon because okay. because he's that veteran right now. He's very patient, and we can't afford to get patient batters on base. We can't walk him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's really patient. So that's the guy I don't want to face because if he gets on base, then all of a sudden – the dominoes could start falling real quick. Yep. The person I want to face is Santana. He <laughs> is, he is possibly, see, I, I, I could have I went, I could have went hedges, but yeah, I mean, that's an, that's an easy answer. That's an it, easy. Answer. And, and, and I was looking at, at his career. I think he, he's, he has a, a, a 0.193 career batting average. Yeah. Like, that's awful. Like, <laughs> His defense is what get is what got into the game. So, but no, I I want to I want to face Santana. I I think he is a veteran that is one of your weak points. Like coaching, I think I think he he can coach a lot of your younger players. But in the batter box, one on one, that's the guy I I want our team to face. Yeah, like I said earlier, um, he's a lot stronger against uh, left-handed pitchers. Uh, all three of your pitchers are right-handed this week, or no? I, I, uh, Crawford's right, Pavetta's right, and Kluber. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. If if you see him in the in the left-handed batter's box, most likely that's going to be an out. Um. So I, I agree with you. Yeah. That's great answers. So. Uh, now for the Red Sox fans, I, I, I know we already went over the whole talent. If you could pick one guy on this roster for the Red Sox fans to sit there and look out for, so when they're watching the games, they're like, man, mentioned about him, who would it be and why? For a Red Sox player? Uh, for the Pirates, for the Pirates. Oh, for the Pirates that people do not know. Yeah. Um, okay, that that's great, great uh, question. Uh, yeah, we haven't mentioned this guy yet, but Jack Sawinski. Um, he was a rookie last year. He did bat 202, but he had an OPS over 700, and he he had the uh, he tied the rookie um, lead with home runs. He had 19 home runs. He tied with Michael Harris last year in home runs. So he has a lot of power to his bat. And with you guys pitching, uh, you know, three right-handed uh, pitchers, he's a left-handed bat. So that's a guy to, to keep an eye on. He will probably be starting in center field for us, uh, most likely all three of those games. Uh, so that's a guy that you might have not heard of or might have heard of. Um, but he's a guy that has a lot of pop. And uh, don't be surprised if, if he shows some um, uh, uh, this week. Hey, Love the insight. Here are the pesky podcast guys. We sit there and we want to break down the series. You know, I I go out and try to find some of the best guys for our opposing teams to bring on. Cody, 
You are the man for the Pirates. I love this interview. So tell everybody where they can find you at. This is all the floor is yours. Set up. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. That uh, I Once you guys told me of what you guys do on this podcast, I was definitely all for it. So I appreciate you. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, K-O-D-Y, Cody, D-U-N-C-A-N-P-G-H. So Cody Duncan, P-G-H. Um, you know, I got a pretty big Pirates following. So if you're going to um, heckle me on there and tell us how bad we are this week, feel free to do so. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on there. I also write for rumbunter.com. Uh, I write articles, uh, you know, for the Pirates on there. So you can see some of my stuff on there as well. So. Well, Cody, thanks for coming on. Uh, last question is going to be the big one. Pirates leave Boston. What's the series record? Uh, okay, I'll be honest with you. I think we pull out one win. I think it's going to be against Kluber. I think we lose the first two games, but I think you guys come out uh, with the series win, uh, 2-1 Boston. Hey, gotta love that. So, guys... <laughs> I want to sit there and thank everybody for listening. This is my man, Cody, covering Pittsburgh Pirates. I am the Rit. See you guys next time on the Pesky Podcast.